Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 106 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast, bringing you this episode on a lovely Monday. I'm your host, Lee Panic, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And, uh, of course, spoiler alert, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about this week's film, uh, so this week, uh, it was my choice, and uh, I chose a film that uh, actually came out uh, a little more recently, uh, back in uh, November of 2022, actually. Jeez. Uh, it's our first movie from this decade, and uh, it's The Fablemans, which is a, uh, a Steven Spielberg joint. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually do have quite a bit to say about this movie. Um, I guess I'll start off with, uh, I guess my, uh, my relationship with Steven Spielberg movies, uh, because if I had to say who my actual favorite director is. Gun to my head, I probably would say Steven Spielberg. Michael Bay. For you, yes. Which is... Because uh, uh, uh. he's the only other name I know. <laughs> is he really? Come I on. I know. Uh, okay, so we got Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino. You said it right. Michael Bay. George Lucas? I guess. True. George Lucas. Okay, so you don't really know any others. J.J. Uh, Abrams. Because we talked about him earlier. Well, and he made the first Star Wars. And Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, the best one. The best one of them all. Of all the Star Wars movies, not just the mm-hmm, sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. best Star Wars movie. Of course. Other than, <laughs> other than Phantom Menace, but yes. It's right <laughs> below Phantom Menace. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Spielberg is probably my favorite film director of all time. I've probably said this before on the podcast, but... My favorite movie of all time is Jaws, um, which was the movie that basically put him on the map, made his career. Uh, he's made so many other great films, iconic films, mm-hmm. Schindler's List, the Indiana Jones films, the first three, um, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, just the the list just goes on. It's endless, and uh, it's kind of interesting that with this movie, um, it's more of a semi autobiographical film. That's uh, mo- like not mostly fictionalized, but it's it's pretty it's fictionalized for the most part. Um, but it is like kind of like him. Kind of telling his his story of like why he become he became a filmmaker, 
what made him want to become a filmmaker, why he loves movies, um, and to also kind of tell the story, this really personal story about his parents, basically, his parents, like, splitting up, which is a thing that has kind of persisted in his work in a lot of his movies, um, E.T. is actually a pretty prime example of that theme kind of popping up in his films, um, because the main character, Elliot, is, uh, product of a, well, he's, yeah, he lives with his, uh, his mom, you know, and their, their parents are, like, divorced, and, uh, you know, he meets this little alien friend that kind of brightens his day, and this was, you know, this is kind of based off of Spielberg's own kind of experiences in childhood when his parents, like, kind of got divorced, and he had an imaginary friend. He an alien? Yeah, he did. No, he had a, an imaginary friend, who I think... I never imagined. had an imaginary friend. No, me neither. But, I don't get it. I mean, this was back in, like, the early 1950s or 60s or whatever. But yeah, that's what, you know, this movie mostly takes place in, like... The 50s, the and, 50s the 60s. and the 60s. That was, like, when Spielberg was growing was up. was coming to age. And that's what this is. Yeah, it's a coming-of-age movie. Um, it's a really, it's, it's a surprisingly sad movie. You know, the thing that... It's real. The thing that Steven Spielberg kind of gets, like, a lot of shit for is that his movies are way too sentimental or schmaltzy, which, like, yes, a lot of them are. One, I don't have a problem with that. And two, his, not all of his movies are like that. His movies can actually be very dark and, very, and really serious and really violent. Um, Jaws isn't a schmaltzy movie. No. Not in the slightest. There's just, uh, if it's going to be a Steven Spielberg movie, you know it's going to have a happy ending. It's going to have a, good, a, like a, a moment that's going to satisfy the audience. Right, an ending that's yeah. going to satisfy the audience. He's a crowd pleaser. His movies uh, are crowd pleasers. Jurassic Park. You know, the ending of that movie, when the fucking banner falls down and it says, when dinosaurs ruled the earth and the T-Rex is roaring. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even in the, that wasn't even planned. That wasn't even in the original script. That wasn't how it was going to end. It was going to end really like in a more like lame way, like the the bones and the like the lobby that the raptors are chasing them in fall on the raptors and kill them. Oh, that would have been lame as fuck. But then Spielberg was like, "No, we got to bring the T-Rex back." People are going to love the T-Rex. They're going to yeah. want to see it again. He's kind of like the hero. Not the hero, but the dinosaur that everybody wants to see. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome when the T-Rex comes in. Arr. And he fucking kills those raptors. It kills those raptors. Mm-hmm. And then the, that banner falls and it says, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth. It's epic. It is. So yeah, like he's all about crowd-pleasing moments, but Jurassic Park has some really dark fucked-up moments in it. It does. 
You know, when the fucking, <laughs> when uh, Laura Dern goes into the, the shed to turn the power back on, <laughs> and then Samuel L. Jackson's severed arm falls on Yeah, we don't get to see Samuel L. Jackson die. He just is, he goes off to do something, and then he's just dead. Well, yeah, he went to go get the power back on. They yeah. just sent him off by himself. It just would have been kind of cool to see him, like, get attacked or something. I don't know. It's pretty cool when that severed arm just falls on her, and she's like, she's ah! like "Oh God, thank it's just you." <laughs> yeah, it's it great. Was a good scene. But uh, yeah, you know, Spielberg just deals with heightened emotions. It's what he's always dealt with. Um, and this movie is no different. This movie is, uh, I feel like, a culmination of. Like, his entire career. Honestly, I would say, like, I, I would kind of think that this should be his last movie. How old is he now? He's in his mid-70s. So he's getting up there. But this is, I don't know. I feel like this feels like a period on his career. The I can end. see that, yeah. Especially with his age and everything. And I just feel the like... era of, like, directing is kind of over, too. Yeah, it's long gone. This movie, unfortunately, it, it underperformed at the box office. Makes sense. It's a good but movie, it, but it makes sense. It literally In today's got, world. It literally got, like, no marketing. The only way... The only way... Uh, reason that I found out about this movie was... I went to the movies, uh, and I saw a poster for it. And I was like, huh? What is this? And then I saw, like, oh, this is the new Spielberg movie? Huh? And I was, and I could kind of tell immediately, oh, this is going to be, like, autobiographical, isn't it? Because I was like, The Fablemans. Spielberg. And I saw, like, the poster It has, like, these, like, little, like, celluloid, uh, like, little frames around it. Mm. So I was like, Oh, this is gonna be about him like become like being like a young filmmaker growing up. So I could sort of put two and two together immediately. But uh I was like, huh? And it, it I saw the poster and it said like November like whatever and it was like October thirtieth at that point. So I was like, Oh, this movie's coming out in like two weeks. <laughs> what the fuck? And I didn't see the movie until, like, I don't know, like, two weeks or so after it came out. It was already, like, flopping. Did you have the theater yourself? No, actually. There were more people in the theater than I thought there would be. Mm. Which I guess is good. Yeah, of course. People supporting the movie. Um, but, yeah. I guess I should kind of explain a little bit, like, what this movie's about. Uh, so, uh, the film takes place, like we said, like in the 50s and early 60s, early to mid 60s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it centers around Sammy Fableman, who's our Steven Spielberg stand-in. Um, and we, right off the bat, he kind of becomes enamored with cinema, with Mm -hmm. movie making. His parents take him to a, a film called uh, The Greatest Show on Earth. 
And uh, there's a scene in the uh, the opening of the film, the opening of this movie and the opening of that movie. Uh, we basically watched like the whole opening of that movie in this film, mm-hmm. where there's a tr- tremendous uh, train crash um, that both horrifies and excites young Sammy, and uh, he becomes uh, obsessed with it to the point where he wants to build. Uh, his own model train set and he wants to simulate the crash from the movie which if you watch it is also clearly a model train set yeah but it's pretty cool yeah i mean yeah it's an early 1950s special effects model work yeah um you know it's cool for the time, I always like practical and when stuff. When hits the car, that guy's a little statue. That guy's like, <laughs> still in the car somehow. Uh, so yeah, uh, so his uh, his parents for Hanukkah for each night of Hanukkah, because Hanukkah is eight nights, uh, they buy him uh, a train set, or they give him like pieces of uh, a train. Yeah, and he eventually he builds the whole thing. And he recreates the scene from the movie. And uh, his dad gets upset because he crashes the trains and kind of messes them up a little bit. Um, But his mother, who is a little bit more uh, artistically aware of, uh, like, what he's trying to do, gives him the film camera that they have, the little 8mm movie camera that they have and he films the crash so he can watch it over and over again um and then he after this he begins to start making his own little home movies with his sisters his younger sisters those are cute yes and um mummy yeah he wraps his uh (laughs) He wraps his uh, sisters up in toilet paper. Couldn't do that in 2020. No. That is pretty funny. But yeah, he wraps one of his sisters up in toilet paper to make her into like a mummy. And then uh, the mom is trying to go to the bathroom. And uh, there's no toilet paper left. There's just a bunch of empty rolls. Uh, that's a pretty funny scene. Um, but then, yeah, we like... We kind of flash forward... A little bit to Sammy's teenage years, as he's an even more like budding young filmmaker, making more ambitious movies, like westerns and stuff like that. Yeah, and military dramas. Military drama, yeah, war movies. That one was cool. Um, and he begin, but during a camping trip, he begins to realize that his there's something kind of going on uh, within uh, his uh, his family, specifically going on with his parents and their uh, and uh, his father's best friend, uh, played by Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically finds out that uh, his wife or his mom, I mean, is having a uh, not quite an affair. No, it's a full-on affair. They're making, they make out, they hang out. It's an emotion. It start. It's the, the beginnings of an affair. Sex, yeah. It's the beginnings of an affair. Yeah, like he, 
you can kind of tell that his parents are sort of drifting apart. And that kind of is the central emotional conflict of the film. Yeah. And uh, it kind of just deals with uh, uh, Sammy's, like, feelings uh, during all this. Uh, him kind of romancing this uh, girl in high school. moving, Constantly moving because his dad uh, has this... Uh, He's moving He's, up in the computer industry. Yeah, right like, at the beginning. Yeah, he gets a job with IBM. They first, yeah, they live in New Jersey. Like they, the film starts off in New Jersey. Uh, then his dad gets a job with General Electric. They move to Arizona, and then he gets a job with IBM, and they move to California, San Francisco. Yes, beginnings of Silicon Valley, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is where. Uh, well, no, because Sammy starts realize putting all this together when they're in Arizona. Um, and yeah, it's like it's it's just a really good coming of age drama mm-hmm. about the and you know it's a story about this family, uh, this middle class Jewish family uh, that deals with some anti semitism. And all the challenges of living a, a life in 1950s and 60s America it was challenging for everybody. But it was also kind of a happy time. Sterling is fully asleep. No, I'm listening to you. You're talking about your movie, good sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you close your eyes and you breathe really heavily <laughs> And I'm just like, <laughs> it just sleeping. We can't understand the concept. Falling asleep during my being in a semi-state of consciousness. <laughs> no, I can't. I really can't. Um, we did just watch a three-hour movie. Two and a half hours. Um, but yeah. That kind of derailed me a little bit. You derailed yourself, buddy. I did. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> oh, but, uh, no, yeah, this is, uh, I guess. It's a hard movie to talk about, man. It is and it isn't because I do kind of have a lot to say, like, about, like, Spielberg and his movies. Yeah, I'm, I just have a hard time interjecting because. Just wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a crazy movie. It wasn't just like like and then they were cutting the toenails off or there was nothing like. I didn't hate it. Like I didn't love it. But like I don't feel like you could really love this movie unless you're a really big Steven Spielberg fan. But like it's just like oh it's a fan. It's a, it's a nice movie. I like the movie. But I don't really it's have any strong opinions. Pleasant. Yeah, I don't have any strong opinions. Okay. I get that. And, like, I don't really know anything. I mean, I know peripherally about Steven Spielberg because of you, and I've known you for so long. Right. But. And this isn't, like, one for one, like, his story. For sure not, because there's no way he knew what his parents were saying. No, of course not. And and this wasn't strictly written by him. He also had a co-writer. The guy who wrote Lincoln, which was another Spielberg movie. That's actually a really good movie, too. That is a great movie. Um, 
yeah, like, see, he actually got into, like, the film industry at a really, really young age. Like, like, when he was still in high school. This movie seems like he went to high school, he made his, like, little home movies first, and then he slowly, after he started going to college... Well, it's slowly one year into college and you're already going... I mean, he would have been 19. Yeah, he's, he's still young. Yeah, he meets, uh, like, one of the, like, head writers at CBS. He's telling him about his pitch for Hogan's Heroes. Um, and then he eventually meets uh, a director that he idolizes, John Ford, um, which uh, we'll talk about that scene a little later because uh, I want to save it for uh, our favorite segment because I know you're going to ask me a certain question. I have no idea what you're talking about. The ending. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, this is a gullible motherfucker. I don't understand anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this sad gullible motherfucker. I am. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess there's not a lot to say about like because the, the, the story is. I mean, it's very straightforward. Yeah, it's just the story of this family. It's a story about this kid who. Uh, you know, he's dealing with you know, be, his love of filmmaking, but also his kind of, not crazy family. Not cra- normal family, but it's falling apart. But a family that's kind of splitting apart. Uh, a mother who's a lot to deal with. Yeah. She's weird. Um, quirky. And a, and a dad who is supportive and loving, but also kind of distant. Robotic. And kind of buries himself in his work. Probably thinks in numbers. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's an engineer. He's yeah. like this engineering genius. Everything's supposed to be fit. Exactly. And, you know, he doesn't really think of Sammy's uh, filmmaking uh, interest as anything more than just a hobby. Yeah. And Sam kind of re- resents him for that. Which is why he kind of... At certain points, you know, he's closer with his mother, but then there's other points where he's more sympathetic to his dad when his mom is cheating on him, basically. You know, so he's kind of like, he's dealing with a lot. It's a very emotional film. It is. Very sad at a lot of points. Yeah. And very funny. Oh. Oh, very sad. It's like emotional. I don't, I mean, there's points where, like, it's kind of heartbreaking. Well, yeah. Like, I get what you mean, because it's like, oh, his parents are falling apart. And- especially, like, the scene where uh, uh, the dad, Bert, played by uh, Paul Dano, who we've uh, who's, Yo. <laughs> has been featured in quite a few of our movies, mostly mine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh course there will be blood which sterling just yep sterling just quote yeah Mm -hmm. i did it i went there he's a little slimy boy you just afterbirth (laughs) 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 and of course he was also in uh, little miss sunshine 
it's kind of amazing, like, how he was, like, a teenager, or supposed to be a teenager in that movie, and now he's, like, a middle-aged man I know, in this it's movie. ridiculous. He's, it just makes me feel so old. And there's that old Jewish actor. Yes, Judd Hirsch. Oh, my God, I remember him in so many things, and now he's just like... like <laughs> he's like skin and bones. Yeah. You eventually reach an age and you just become skin and bones, but you still have your same big head. Ah. And yeah, as long as he could still remember lines. And he had uh, a lot of lines, this big monologue. Uh, it was all ad-libbed. No, I don't think I, so. I'm just kidding, that'd be crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the scene where uh, the dad uh, just breaks down after he asks uh, Sammy to make the camping trip movie. Yeah. And he's like, there's this, there's something wrong. And he's like crying. And he's like, I can't figure it out, but you can. Or you can help her with this at least. Yeah, after uh, her mom dies. Uh-huh. Um, but that's not the real reason. No, yeah. It's like, he wants, he's giving, yeah, he's, it's basically like his idea, so maybe he can kind of, you know, Samuel, well, you know, it was dad's idea, so it'll make her, you know, get him some brownie points, essentially. It all goes to Benny for some reason. Because she's more in love with him at this point. And again, you yeah, poop nugget. that's the central conflict. I mean, Benny's not like He's a, a terrible guy on the outside, horrible. other than the fact that he's splitting this family apart. Oh, that's... And, break, and stealing his uh, best friend's girl. Uh, only those two ginormous major character flaws <laughs> and huge events in people's history lives. He's a stand-up guy. He's not a stand-up guy, but he's not like the worst. He's not a complete Scum. jerk-off. Scumbag. Okay. I would have broke his knees in. No, I w- if I was the dad, I told you what I was going to do at the end of this movie. If I was a dad, I would have been like, I would have seen that picture and be like, okay, cool. Because get they get married, no more alimony. I'm making IMB, IM whatever fucking money. IBM. IBM money. Guess who's getting exclusively 25-year-old girlfriends? A string of them. And I'm going to prance them around when I come for holidays. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, oh my God, I'm bubble gum. And <laughs> And you just fucking just plow, plow, plow until you find a nice one and then you just marry that one. You got a nice 25, 24-year-old wife pregnant within a year. Bing, bong, boom. New family, new better. And you rub it in the Benny's face. Have her. Have the old hag. Have the old hag. <laughs> I got new nice tires. And you can't get this one because you got no money. <laughs> <laughs> you only got her because you met. She fell in love with you as a person. But this one, you can't even. You don't even look at your direction, <laughs> ugly fat man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And my kids secretly fucking hate you. <laughs> Not secretly. Well, yes. There's that scene where uh, they're moving to California, and Sammy's uh, turning in his uh, film cam or is giving his uh, returning his film camera back because he. Is selling it because he's he doesn't want to make movies anymore because he's just kind of like he's too sad, yeah, from the divorce or not divorce but sad from all the the realization the revelations that he's come upon. 
And while uh, he's doing this, Seth Rogen's character, Benny, is buying a camera for Sammy as a going away present. A better one. A very expensive one, yeah. And Sammy refuses to take it. He walks out of the store as soon as he sees Benny. Yeah. Because he's disgusted by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Benny sort of makes a point in saying, well, if you stop making movies, it's going to break your mother's heart. Yeah. You know? So, you know, feel what you want about me, but you don't want to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And so there's a cute little scene where uh, Sammy takes all the money that he has in his pocket, which is like $35 or oh, something. It's cute, but yeah. It's a little, it's kind of cute. Actually, your definition of cute is Then he like, kind of like makes this little, this little bargain with him. He's being a little adult. Yeah. It's cute. Anyways, uh, he's like, I'll give you 35 bucks for the camera. So it's not that he's giving him a gift. He's actually buying it from him. It's the principle of the matter. Yes. Basically. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cute. That he's that smart to think like that. I wouldn't call it cute, but yeah. And then it's also kind of cute that it's charming, when charming, cute. They kind of mean the I same just, things. You just don't look at him and think cute. I'm not saying he's cute. Situ- it's just like it's charming. Cute Whatever. is like a little girl skipping down the street, singing bubbly boo. Cute can mean other things. It's the context. Anyways, agree to disagree. It's also charming when Seth Rogen like gives him a hug and then he slips the money back into his pocket. As he drove off, he would have seen me flick like, the money into the, the change. streets. And he would have seen me flick the money into the, the streets. But that's his money. Fuck you, Benny. <laughs> I'd film things and film every week and it'd be my asshole. Send it Once funny. a month, yeah, he gets his night. Oh, Benny sent me something. Or, uh, Sammy. Sammy said that. It's just, what the fuck is that? And every month, it's just a little more zoomed out until eventually you recognize, this is asshole <laughs> I've been staring at for fucking months. <laughs> and then it just ends with the <laughs> like a middle, middle finger. finger. <laughs> Fuck you, Benny. I bought a microphone for this. Fuck you. Because none of his movies have sound. Yeah, they're all silent. Because cameras didn't have microphones on them yet at that point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I wonder if there's a young Steven Spielberg out there filming these things on, like, an iPhone. I guess that's what, like, I'm TikTok sure and YouTube is. Mm. Yeah, people were doing That's where, like, if Steven Spielberg grew up in fucking YouTube time, he would have been uploading his shit to YouTube and you know it. You'd be, yeah, maybe that. YouTube. People but not may... TikTok. I don't think TikTok is a really good breeding ground for future filmmakers. Ladies and gentlemen, he's saying this as someone who's never been on TikTok. I've seen, I've seen oh, plenty seen, of TikToks on Instagram Reels. He's seen plenty of TikToks on Instagram Reels. No. <laughs> you are constantly scrolling through it. But I my see TikTok, what you're scrolling through. My TikTok, it's nonsense. My TikTok is just one hundredth billionth of a of TikTok. Like I have my, your TikTok would look different than my TikTok. Okay. So maybe your TikTok would I have still those kind of things. Find your content. TikTok would probably center more around film talk and shit like that. So maybe you'd see stuff like that. I don't think you are. Nothing that was cinematic. 
People, it's just the, the format isn't good for it. Why? You can make 30 second video, 15, 30 second, one minute, three minutes, and 10 minutes now. If you want to make like a 10 minute short film. Hey, fine. his first movie was like fucking 10 minutes. It was a cowboy. Bing, bang, bang, bang. It wasn't like two hours long. They watched that thing. He did make the real Spielberg made longer, like amateur movies Bird. when he was doing it. Um, uh, there was one movie uh, that he did that apparently was like 140 minutes. That's over two hours, actually. It's ridiculous. And he, it was like a $600 movie, mostly funded by his dad. Of course. And he screened it for one night for uh, his little community, his little town or whatever, or his neighborhood. I don't know. His Boy Scout troop. <laughs> he really was a Boy Scout. Uh, but it was the movie that was a prototype for another movie that he would actually make that would become a real feature film, the one he did right after Jaws, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Have uh, you ever seen that? Yeah. I like That's that movie. That's old, old school alien. I like that movie. Womp, 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 womp. Good film. Uh, all I'm saying is, you can see that on TikTok. You know, I think there maybe. is. I think it is because TikTok allows so much editing and all this crazy stuff that you would used to need like 1,400 different programs for, different machines. All this. I don't know how it's all on TikTok. You can make a full-length movie in 10 minutes on TikTok. And I feel like if you had a TikTok and you were watching it like, Enough to like have the algorithm start molding itself to you. I think I don't know. Maybe we'd start unlocking some film talk. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Or no, I don't. <laughs> I almost got him on there, guys. We almost got him. No, I don't. Everyone falls to TikTok eventually. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see, like, more kind of cinematic stuff on TikTok, short films. It would be a good place to kind of, a good breeding ground. Old for, YouTube used to be like that. Yeah. You know the guy who did a... Uh, just doesn't make enough money. You know that movie Lights Out, that horror movie? Yeah. That started off as a YouTube short film. Yeah. And producers from like Warner Brothers or whatever saw it and they were like they can't, they went to the director and they're like, You wanna make this into a real movie? Or a full feature? And they're like, Yeah. And you know where that guy is now? He's directing Shazam movies. Well the latest Shazam movies. Yeah, kind of the second one bombed. But was, the first one was, was successful. left to hang out the drive of the studio. Pretty much. But we're not talking about that now. Lee Forrest comped it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. You know, maybe Spielberg, if he had grown up, I don't know, in the mid, it had been born in, what, like the mid-2000s, would be making TikTok short films oh, now. Or YouTube That's what I'm saying. Films. I wonder if there's, like, the future Spielberg. We'll have to okay. see. I'd like to see it. 
yeah, a new young modern voice maybe it could be film. you could be me I'm 30 years old I'm not very young but oh, no. Spielberg was 25 when he directed Jaws that's pretty crazy and it nearly killed him yeah it killed his, almost killed his career and almost killed him physically I it was a very stressful stressful shoot yeah, people are like, you're, like, the studio's yelling at us, you're spending all our money! The shark isn't working! Oh, that cost us $45 million! I've had so many scenes that we're going to have the shark in and I can't do any of them. I have to re- restructure the whole movie. We can't even show the shark. Except for like a handful of times. Yeah, until the end. Mostly. But it's, still, it's a great film because of that. It relies more on suspense. No, the movie's bad. And the characters. Jaws is one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Yeah, sure. That's why I watched it in theaters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you own it on Blu-ray. It's not scary. Oh. Don't know what you're talking about. I mean, maybe it's because I've seen it so many times. I've seen it so many times, too. It's not that scary, but it has got some scary moments. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's a, it's still a pretty, you know, suspenseful movie. Oh, shit. Even Jurassic Park has some kind of scary moments in it. That movie scared me when I was a kid, but I still loved it because it was fucking dinosaurs. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? Christians. <laughs> I just don't believe in them. All right, Lee. I think it's time for everyone's favorite time. What could it be? Questions for Lee. Questions? Questions for Lee. Questions? I think we have some questions. Whoa, he did it. He put a spell on us. Um... <laughs> wow. Shadow Money Wizard Gig. We love casting spells. Oh, yeah, you're, you're a real <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You're a chad, aren't you? You're a real, even embraced. Oh. You're chad from this movie. I'm just the a anti Semitic bully. I'm just, you know, Jesus walks. Uh, what are you um, saying? Kanye West. Um, <laughs> Alright, so Lee. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you where'd you see, where'd you heard of this film, but you answered that in the beginning with your little story. Thanks. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I ruin everything. Oh, guys, it, for the next ten minutes, you're gonna hear tape sounds. It's just me taping them up. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see? I can't remember you saying this. Did you watch it in theaters? I did. Yes, I did go to a theater to see this film. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember now because you said it wasn't empty. Did you get a slushy? I had a drink, but I didn't get a slushy. Everyone, this is a revelation for Lee. I don't really get slushies at the movies anymore. I know, at least too old now. A little bit. It's also just like, they kind of just like melt really quickly and turn into just sugar water. <laughs> nice. Uh, what movie were you gonna? Were you seeing where you saw this poster? Uh, It was a... Uh, it was a movie I saw with a girl, actually. Uh, it was. F- oh yeah, it was for 
during the movie Smile. Oh yeah, you saw the Smile horror movie, which was actually isn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Not the worst movie it's ever. Scary as fuck. There were actually some legitimate creepy moments in it. It wasn't as stupid as I thought it was going to be. I recently saw Renfield. I'm going to show you that. You're going to like that. That's a good movie. And I'll show you Cocaine Bear one day. But Renfield, Nicolas Cage is Dracula. (laughs) Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss. I guess it makes sense. He's just so over the top. I should show you Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage. It's the movie where he thinks he's becoming a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I've never seen that one. And then he's running around the streets with like a wooden, like two by four, going. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it is the most baffling movie I've ever Unhinged. seen. That movie, I don't even like it that much. But everyone has to see but it. It's like, yeah. Honestly, I think everybody should watch it because it's so weird. <laughs> I don't know what it was, what they were going for with that movie. Is it supposed to be a comedy or a psychological drama? I don't know. Was it a psychological drama, but then Nicolas Cage made it into a drama or a, dra- a comedy? Into a comedy? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they were like, "We'll just do a dramedy." It's Fuck it. So silly. <laughs> And then he, but he like horribly like assaults this one woman. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know yeah. if I want to watch this movie now. It's, um, it's really weird. Thurman's. <laughs> Back to the Lee's heartwarming pick. Um, well, Lee, what was your, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's your, I'm going to ask you a couple of different things, parts of it. But the first part, what's your favorite scene? Is my favorite specific scene in the movie. In the movie yeah. And I'll tell you mine. Oh, that's cool. The ending. Where he meets With John Ford. Yes. Played by David Lynch, who is the director of Steve, uh, Sterling's f- new favorite film, Eraserhead. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. This, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, David Lynch is is an actual, like, weirdo in real life so it actually took him some convincing to for him to be in this movie not that he doesn't dislike spielberg he's just a weirdo he's just like he wants to do his own thing he doesn't even make movies anymore the last thing he did was uh the revival for twin peaks which was really really good and really fucked up and weird which you know is to be expected yeah um so, and it wasn't even Spielberg's idea to cast David Lynch. It was the writer, whose name is Tony Kushner. Um, actually, no, it wasn't even his idea. It was his husband's idea. Tony Kushner's husband um, was like, you would be a really good choice for John Ford, David Lynch. Which I think was like, honestly, like looking at it is fucking perfect. Because they made him look exactly like how John Ford looked at that point in his life. He really did look like a man. Yeah, he had an eye patch over his glasses, big bifocals or whatever. Did he need it? I don't know. I don't really know that much about John Ford other than he might have been kind of a racist. Might have been, yeah, okay. And uh, might have probably harassed actresses (laughs) because when he walks in... 
He's got like lipstick and shit all over his face. Yeah. So you're kind of led to assume that, uh, like he was probably meeting with like an aspiring actress and like, all right, you want to be in my movie, my picture? Give me some smooches, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just smooches. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so David Lynch. Well, yeah. So. Tony Kushner's husband was like, "Yo, David Lynch would be a cool choice," and he, Tony Kushner, was like, told Spielberg, and he was like, "Okay, I don't know how I'm really gonna get him because I don't really know David Lynch that well." So he called Laura Dern, who was in Jurassic Park, and of course, you know, Spielberg and them became friends uh, during the making of that movie. So he called her up, and because the reason why he called her up is because. Laura Dern is a close collaborator and friend of David Lynch. She's been in quite a few of his projects. She's in Twin Peaks, the revival series. She was in my favorite David Lynch movie, Blue Velvet, uh, which I'll show you. We're gonna sh I'm gonna actually, I have to show you his movies in order because we started with his first movie, Eraserhead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You fool. You fool. Next movie is The Elephant Man. <sighs> and then Dune. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Laura Dern called David Lynch up and said that, and told him, like, hey, you should do this. It's, it would be really cool. Steven Spielberg is, is Spielberg, obviously. Yeah. Everybody knows him. And David Lynch was like, eh... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it. So he had some really specific conditions. Of course. To do it. Uh, one of them was uh, he had to be able to wear his costume for like a week. So he could like break it in and make it look more like worn and... Not just you know, fresh. Yeah. Doesn't look like a movie costume. And then his second obligation was that there had to be Cheetos on the set at all times. Cheetos? Cheetos. Cheetos are good. You eat, or like potato chips or something. I don't know. Some kind of like snack like that. I like Cheetos. I think it was Cheetos. It's a very random snack. But yeah, those were his obligations to be in the film. So they're like, they were like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And so, yeah, he, yeah, that, that scene is great because that actually apparently is exactly what happened with Spiel when Spielberg met John Ford in real life. He said those exact things to him. And at first... The movie kind of makes it seem like this inspires Sammy yeah. to want to become a filmmaker. And he's he learn, you know, he's really, you know, learned something about movie making from this after he gets told to get get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> In real life though, Spielberg was like resentful of John Ford and thought he was a prick for that. Like, you yelled at me 
You told me to get the fuck out of your office and treated me like garbage. But as Spielberg got older, when when David Lynch or not David Lynch, when John Ford tells him about the paintings, he tells him to point at point at each of the paintings that he has in his office. Where the horizon is. And he tells him it tells him like, where's the horizon? And he tells him if the horizon's at the top, it's interesting. If it's at the bottom, it's interesting. If it's in the middle, it's fucking boring. Or it's boring as shit. Mm. Um, and Spielberg basically took that to mean... Like, this is... If you're going to understand art, really look at it and study it. Study paintings, watch films from other filmmakers, and study their technique. If you're going to be a real filmmaker, artist, you have to really appreciate what makes good art. And that's kind of what I feel like this movie is all about. Because then there's also... Well, I guess I, you know, I should kind of explain why this is my favorite scene, right? Or I guess... Am I doing that? <laughs> You're doing that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because I feel like it kind of brings, like, the themes of the movie home, or at least the main theme of the movie home, which is uh, how important art is to somebody like Sammy and to somebody like Steven Spielberg. Because then there's also the scene with his uncle, the old Jewish man that comes over, after uh, the grandmother dies. And he tells him, like, you know, you're going to be torn between your art, which you secretly love more than your family, but you also are have a loyalty to your family, an obligation to your family, and, you you know, you're always going to, act, you're going to love them, too. But wanting to be an artist is going to kind of tear you away from them. It's going to come with sacrifices. And you're going to become more of an observer in a way. Which is what he be, which is perfectly exemplified in another scene when like his parents tell the family, tell the kids that he started looking at life events and saying like, "Oh, how would I film this?" Exactly. Like oh, I think the, it's shot, very, the perfect I think shot for this would be right here. Yeah, I think it's it's a very I feel like that's with any poignant image. Yeah, but yeah, the scene with uh, yeah, John Ford telling him, you know, get the fuck out of my house. Well, my favorite scene is where the Christian girl prays to Jesus the fucker. All right, yeah, for when the he, uh, he gets fucker. yeah he uh, gets into his little high school romance with this crazy Christian girl who's just hot for Jewish dick. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, that's what Jesus would look like. She's hot for Jesus. She likes him because he's funny, too. Yeah. But yeah. That's my favorite scene. I think that's a hilarious, funny scene. It is. It is. It's a really funny scene. Their relationship is pretty funny. Or is pretty cute, I guess. Till then. Till the end. Like, but it makes sense, too. I like the whole high school bit. His scenes in high school where he's dealing with the anti-Semitic bullies. Yeah. And then he makes the senior ditch day film. And then one bully like falls in love with him. 
Well, not falls in love like with him. Like, breaks him emotionally. Just like, because, yeah, he makes him look like Superman. And he's like, I'm not Superman. He's like, how can I ever live up to that? So like, you idolized me. So he got, like, weird psychological revenge on him. But he also made the other guy who was m- more anti-Semitic. Way upfront about it. He made that guy look like a complete douchebag. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was. And then, then he tries to assault him and then just fucking and then, his new bully protectors. Yeah, beats the shit out of him. That's then, a good scene, too. It is. They smoke a joint together. He's like, you never try? And that's where Steven Spielberg comes up with the idea for Jaws. No. He's like, did you ever read the book Jaws? The book wasn't even written at that point. In this fictional universe it was. My headcanon says otherwise. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not surprised because I don't think uh, Spielberg really likes this story kind of going around. But there's like an old legend uh, revolving around Spielberg that he went on a tour at like the Universal Studios film lot and he like broke off from the tour and snuck off uh, to like one of the like sets where like a f- movie was being made and uh, somebody like caught him and uh, he told like it was like a production assistant he told like one of the production assistants that he wanted to be in movies he wanted to make a he wanted to make movies uh, and so that production assistant like told the director about this kid and the director was like, all right, you want to work on this movie then? And that's how he got into movie making. I could see it. At like a really young age. But I don't think that you actually You couldn't do happened. that nowadays, but back then you could. I don't think that actually happened. But he did like kind of, when he was working, actually working on like the studio lots, he would kind of sneak off and kind of watch he he snuck off to actually watch like a Alfred Hitchcock make one of his movies and he actually got thrown off the set because huh. uh, Hitchcock was a notorious prick another disillusion disillusioning experience I think for Spielberg because Hitchcock was also an idol of his um, just turns out to be like a weirdo creep yeah um Man, we really got off topic from the favorite scene. We did, didn't we? But I mean, well, I guess, you know, there's more to talk about at least. Of course, of course. Um, what would be your biggest complaint about this film? Well, I guess, like, obvious complaint is that it might be a little too long. It's like it's two and a half hours. I feel I don't really feel its length to be perfectly honest. I I don't start feeling it till like the end. I could see that. You can see it's sort of like if I put myself in a the theater, I'd be like, I would have knocked out. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but I would have been very like I would have had to pee like three times. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't get up once during this film. Bladder of a God. I was compelled Bladder of a God, by this bladder film. Of God, bladder of a God. Bladder of a God. <laughs> um, I guess, like, my 
my real complaint, because I guess I don't really have that much of a problem with the length. My real complaint is that I feel like it kind of jumps forward a little too far. I was going to say that, like the, the, um, what's it called? Like when he's a kid. The time skips are a little weird. Yes. Yeah. They're a little abrupt. Um, they just kind of happen. Yeah, the the editing is just weird. All of a sudden, it's just like it's going into a scene and it's popping up, and it's like I'm now ninety six. And you're like, what? What happened? <laughs> Are we in the future? But then, like, the parents never change. Well, except uh, Paul Dano's hair gets a little gray. Yeah, <laughs> but that happens in like the one year part. It's weird. He looks the same the whole movie, and then gets a divorce, and he's like immediately gray. <laughs> like, it's he's like stressed out, man. He is. Balls drained by a nice intern who worships him because he's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even know what's happening because he's just so like, oh, I'm just this guy about math. And also, what, what, what are you doing? Zip. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> My the, wife never did this for me. That's the adult film version of it. Just fucking. Oh. The Dickelmans. And according to the girl next door, he's got a big dick. Who are you talking about? Oh! He's in that movie too. He's in the girl... Yeah. And he has a big dick. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. God, see? Like, it's so weird to think that he was a kid in that movie, and now he's a middle-aged man in this movie. he looks the same except just a little older. He He's, never developed the chin. And he was the Riddler in the Batman That's movie. That's weird. It came out the same. You know, 2022 oh, is a good year for him. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you planning? <laughs> that was That's ridiculous. little BB. <laughs> a lot of good memes came from mm-hmm. that. Just your, your dog has something in its mouth. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, all right, Lee. Um, we're getting towards the end. And we're going to have to wrap it up. I know you could probably go on for another two hours about Steven's work, but I'm going to have to force yeah. you to stop. And because I know this is going to take about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, what's your rating? My rating. Well. Yeah, I mean, this is how it always goes, right? I gotta do my final summation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's probably gonna rank as one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Really? And I think it's just because, to me, Spielberg hasn't, honestly, he hasn't really made a really great movie in quite a while. He kind of coasted off like E.T. for a while. No! It's the last one, bro. Uh, Jurassic Park? That's the last one, bro. Saving Private Ryan? That's the last one, bro. No. He wasn't coasting off of those. I mean, he's, make, he's an older filmmaker. He doesn't want to do the blockbuster thing anymore. Um... He's making more, like, personal historical dramas. He's making semi-autobiographical movies. Um, 
But I feel like this is the first movie of his in a really long time that kind of makes me go, oh yeah, Steven Spielberg, he's one of the best filmmakers living today, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he knows how to make a fucking movie. Even a simple movie like this that doesn't have, like, any action scenes or anything, there's still a lot of really great visual moments in this movie. There's no action. What's going on, man? I thought you always needed stuff going on happening. There is stuff happening. Oh, oh, okay. So There's actual get, drama happening. Not just people going, boop, 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 boop. You like this thing? I like this thing. Let's get together. Boop, 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 boop. That's something happening, too. That's nothing. How is that any nothing. different? How is that any different? We're gonna get married. Oh, we're gonna this? get a divorce, and we're also Jewish, bullying, and IBM. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff when uh, sorority wars when they put up posters about her having chlamydia. That's no. not happening. No, it's not. What about that's your daddy, uh, or uh, daddy's boy, when he discovers uh, daddy's boy. or not daddy's boy? Fuck, what's that? Uh, that's that's, my, that's boy. my boy. I didn't say nothing was happening in that movie. Plenty of stuff happens, <laughs> and that's my boy. But none of it is good. What <laughs> if she discovers that their brothers are fucking? That's something. Yes, that's something. I didn't say it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just Lee. the worst thing in the history of cinema. God. Well, Jack and Jill, but... Jack and Jill was funnier. I said it. I said it, everybody. Everybody loves to rag on Jack and Jill, which is a terrible goddamn piece of shit movie. But you know what? <laughs> I laughed more in that movie than I did with That's My it Boy. Funny, the, anytime Lee did laugh during That's My Boy, go check out that episode. Uh, he would like be like, oh. he would just like cr- like just like get disappointed in himself. I would. I he would laugh. He'd be like, ha! Oh, like God damn it! <laughs> I'm stupid. My <laughs> IQ points just went down like 4% just for that one chuckle. So he's no longer a genius. I was never a genius. All right, Lee, give us your rating since I say to I'm just kidding. <laughs> and was, you know, I was about to say, like, oh, you know, this movie's got beautiful visuals in it. <laughs> it does have there's, some pretty visuals. You know, there's, you know, there's the scene where uh, the little... The little kid Sammy is holding up the projection image in his hands of the the train train crash. Sad to see what it was like not having cell phones. Sure, but no, it's just like yeah, it's just like a classic kind of Spielbergian image. The scene with the the mother dancing and the really the weird. Camp. It is weird. It is very weird, but it's still you know visually impressive, the way it's all lit and slow motion of it. Uh, Spielberg just knows instinctively how to make a movie, and that's another reason why I think kind of really likes I really like this movie because it kind of really shows that is that from the beginning it shows that he was always going to be a filmmaker. He was always meant to be a filmmaker. The the instincts were always there, the inclination for it. Yeah, I feel like him. And what my other favorite movie director, Martin Scorsese, were the two f- American filmmakers who I feel like were 
simply put on this earth to make movies. It's a pretty big statement. It's just, it's true. They're just, they're masters of their craft. Modern day Shakespeare's? I wouldn't say Shakespeare's. They're not really writers. Well, Spielberg has written some of his own movies. I guess Scorsese has two. But I wouldn't say, like, they're Shakespeare's. They're more, I don't know. I'd compare them more, like, to painters, actually. Really? Yes. Why? Because. They're basically, you know, just bringing moving pictures to life. They're painting moving pictures with light, sound, editing. That's what movie making's all about. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I really love this movie. And it's probably a little early to say it, but it's probably so far my favorite movie of the decade. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I don't, well, no, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> but you have to understand, it's very. this is a very personal movie for yeah, me, Lee I guess. Yeah, Lee loves Steven Spielberg. If I could say anybody is, like, my idol, I'd say he's it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. I get that. And like I said before, I didn't think I don't think this movie's uh bad or anything. Um but it was just like I said like uh, yeah, I just don't have the same sentimental feelings like you do. Yeah. So I would give this movie I'm going to have to give it a good old 7 cuz it just ow. It was good, and no, I didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like it dragged on or anything. It went by pretty fat, fast, but it was just a little like I didn't always care. Yeah. Um. And I'm not looking at the things that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a fine film. I just kind of felt like my only complaint, like my biggest complaint, is like it just felt like I don't know, like the way you feel towards some of my movies, like. None of this matters. Okay. Just a little bit. Maybe if it had been more, a little more biopicy. Because then I'm like, oh, it's really about his life. I mean, I just, just like, I don't know. Context alone, kind of. I just hated a lot of the characters too. I hated the mom. I hated Benny, even though you love him and worship him. Um, the dad, I felt just super bad for. The mm-hmm. Sammy, yeah, I liked him. He's like I like Stevens. Like, I, I like, like his character. I, I like, like the that actor. I think he's a really good yeah. young actor. Yeah, he's a young good boy. And actor. that girl so who plays his uh, oldest sister. Yeah, the he. I think he's the oldest. But yeah, but the oldest sister, the older out sister, of his three yeah. Sisters, yeah. She's really good. She's the girl from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Tarantino's film. Kind of felt like her scene was just like put in there, like, "Hey, we have this really good child doctor. We need to use her." Um, I don't know, but it was a good Apparently scene. Spielberg does did have a, or yeah, does have a really close relationship with his older sister. Because they would be the older ones. They actually could. Yeah, yeah. You know, they had different opinions. Because even though he was like on the fr- to his mom's face, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's okay." He was still when she wasn't paying attention. He's like, "She's a selfish bitch." Mm-hmm. 
And he picked his dad. But yeah. he's going to college and everything, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And now, I've been kind of flip-flopping a little bit during this podcast. I want to, what movie we're going to watch next. Oh, God, I just flip-flopped again. Oh, no. I'm having, like, like oh, there's a couple. Okay, so, real qu- Yeah, okay. What are we going Because I randomly back? saw a clip for one movie that, re- that I hadn't thought about in forever. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, this would just be, Lee would just be like, I don't know. Just blur, 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 and I don't know. And but then I could show him. <sighs> Let me think. And if we just since we just watched the Fablemans, and last week we watched Lean on Me. What was the movie? What was your last movie? Oh fuck! What was my last movie before Lean on Me? The Warriors. The Warriors. When are we? We're in April. We're about this to be in May. The end of April. We're probably gonna release this oh, episode yeah, this on the first day of May. I think it. Forgot about that. So yes. Uh. Oh. Do I want something kind of light? I mean, they're all. Fuck. You're, you this is a little behind the scenes right here. Because <laughs> I thought I had was like because it was a flip on and I was like, oh no, okay, I settled. But then I, as I literally opened the page, I this is, one movie popped out to me. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's how the movie like popped out. Like you saw a big wall of Lean Cuisines, and you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> and then just felt real sad. Oh no, another one. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my god, you gotta pick one story. Because I really wanna, oh, I wanna cheese you out. Okay. I was going to show him one, but, like, it's a Lifetime movie, and I'm going to still show him this one, but and it's going to be cheesy. Oh, but damn it. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to show him this. Oh, I want to show him Tyler Perry. Oh, jeez. Tyler Perry. Oh, no. Oh, oh, come on. Okay, come on. Come on. Come on, brain. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron this shit. Decide. Make a decision. Oh, where do I want it? What do I want it? Oh, fuck. Uh, let's uh, um <laughs> wow. okay 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 I got it 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 he's got it he's got it he's got it everybody this is gonna be a loop for Lee right here cause he thought he was being shown something else but we're gonna be watching Good Deeds oh that's a Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry. it's not a Tyler Perry movie but it's Tyler Perry in it he like didn't direct it? By, no. He didn't write and direct it? I mean, he probably obviously the production company probably had some part of it. No, but it's not like part of the media universe or anything, no. Well, obviously. Any movie made in his like by that production company is in the media universe. That's insane. That I'm pretty true. sure like at least 90%, but this one is not. This one was like a... This is when he was starting to branch out and trying to be like, like other, like not just media. Do other projects. Um. So, yes, okay. we're going to show Lee this. Um, it's good a good deeds. little, like, oh, God, he's going to be like, I, I don't know, I don't know. you're going to see, he's, he's going to probably just cave in himself like a dying star. Um, <laughs> and then I'll show Oops. him another one oh, next time. I had a hard time. After my next movie, ha, 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 oh, which I haven't decided yet. Um, but yes, that's what we'll be watching next week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
I forgot to mention in the beginning, we're, we're going to do that more often, but uh, please rate, please leave us a rating. Please, oh my God, sorry about that. Please rate, review, and share the podcast. It really helps us out. Um, it's the easiest way for you to help uh, help out the podcast if you're enjoying these episodes. It shows the algorithm that there's uh, interaction with the podcast and people are liking it. So it pumps it out to more people. Um, we got some hopefully big things in the pipeline for you guys. Uh, we got a ton of good episodes coming out. We got maybe a big little project we might launch. Maybe some extra episodes every month. You never know. You never know. But yes, please go uh, follow us on Instagram. In that Instagram, you'll find our personal Instagrams. On my personal Instagram, you'll find my TikTok name, my dog's Instagram, my dog's TikTok. Please go follow all those things. If you like to see cute, fluffy husky, if you like to read about, see stuff about the latest mangas and pops that are coming out, seeing some guy's sad collection, um, go watch those things. Those are fun things. You know how it is. You know how it is. You know how it is. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We hope you have a great week, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week. Bye. That was the wrong movie. <laughs>